if you go into your home and there's piles everywhere, or I find even in kitchens, if my countertop is cluttered, it automatically makes me overwhelmed. Just I'm, uh, I'm overwhelmed. If I open up my fridge and it's chaos in there, I'm overwhelmed, right? I think of I, I have a running list in my head all the time of all these things I need to do. I need to clean this. I need to declutter this. I need to organize this. But when our homes, when we take the time and I tell clients all the time, this is not a quick process. Yes, you can hire organizers to come in and organize your home. Um, but if you're going to do it yourself, it can take up to a year to get your whole home decluttered and organized. But once you've done it yourself and you've learned how to maintain it, you're more likely to keep it up than if you have somebody come in and just do it all. And then, but you don't know how to maintain it, it's going to become chaotic again. So the overwhelm can really just make us not focused. We are more moody, right? We are snappier at our spouses and our children, right? So having a calmer space just makes us feel better. Like we shouldn't, our home should be a place of um, security, not a place of overwhelm. Welcome to the Confidence Council podcast. This show is designed for high achieving women who, despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkoff. I'm a trial lawyer, a mom, and a wife. And I'm here because I know from my own experience that feeling stuck or unfulfilled does not have to be your reality. With a positive mindset and the right counsel, you too can create the life of your dreams. My hope and intention for this podcast is that you walk away feeling confident, motivated, and inspired to embrace your authentic self and to take bold action toward your dream life. Are you ready to get started? All rise. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. I'm your host, Monica Burkoff. Today on the show, we are joined by Tracy Siliker, who is an organizational coach and the founder and owner of a business called Calm the Chaos Organizing. Tracy specializes in helping women declutter their homes, take back control of their lives, and find time to do what they love with those that they love the most. Before we dive in, I would love if you could just say a few words introducing yourself and kind of giving the listeners a little bit of a understanding of your background and how you ended up in this business that revolves around cleaning and organizing, of all things. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me here today. So I am a mama of two teenage boys who are now 18 and almost 15. Time goes fast. Um, and I've been married to my husband for 23 years. We've moved a lot, a lot, like 10 moves together since we've been married. So um, some were local moves, some are longer moves. Um, I've also worked in a corporate job for many, many years. And after I'd been a stay-at-home mom for some time, I decided to go back to the corporate world. So I do have a degree in psychology and sociology. And when I went back to the corporate world, my house was pretty organized. It wasn't 
you know, super out of control or anything. I've always been an organized person, loved going to my friend's house and saying, let's tackle that pantry today. But when I went back to the corporate world, I realized that the systems and routines I had in place didn't translate from my stay at home mom time to now be working 40 to 60 to 80 hours a week um, in a corporate position that was very high stress. My kids were hitting the sports age. They were grade four and seven. So they were, it was a go, go, go. And I realized I didn't have the systems and routines I needed in place. So I started at the ground level. I created those systems and routines. And then when we did another move, I decided now was the time to start this business. Started with in-home organizing, helping my clients, you know, calm the chaos in their home. And then quickly realized that what brought me the most joy was helping working women get those systems and routines in place so that they weren't so overwhelmed when they got home from work. They had a routine, a morning routine, an after work routine, a nighttime routine, so that everything got done without them having to spend all day Saturday cleaning their home. Oh my God. Yeah. Because I feel like that was how I was raised is, and that's probably why I'm so scarred and why I hate cleaning is because every Saturday my mom would just you know, like roll that vacuum into my room and like give us the paper towels. Like, all right, you're dusting the house and you're, you know, vacuuming all the rooms. It was all Saturday. We were cleaning the house and it sucked. Um, I can't wait till my kids are the age where they're going to clean the house. I'm totally going to do that to them. But yeah, now it's like not feasible, especially I have small kids. I can't clean the house because I have to play with the kids, right? It's like my one day to play with the kids, Saturday and Sunday. So I don't want to be like, you stay over here while I go Windex the window over, you know? So right. I'm so interested to hear about ways that we could work this in during the week and ways that we could streamline it so we're not spending a whole day cleaning because no one's got time for that. So before we go into all the tips and tricks, what is it about clutter and like a mess that creates chaos in a home? Well, it's overwhelming, right? So if your home, if you go into your home and there's piles everywhere, or I find even in kitchens, if my countertop is cluttered, it automatically makes me overwhelmed. Just I'm, uh, I'm overwhelmed. If I open up my fridge and it's chaos in there, I'm overwhelmed, right? I think of it, I have a running list in my head all the time of all these things I need to do. I need to clean this. I need to declutter this. I need to organize this. But when our homes, when we take the time and I tell clients all the time, this is not a quick process. Yes, you can hire organizers to come in and organize your home. Um, But if you're going to do it yourself, it can take up to a year to get your whole home decluttered and organized. But once you've done it yourself and you've learned how to maintain it, you're more likely to keep it up than if you have somebody come in and just do it all. And then, but you don't know how to maintain it. It's going to become chaotic again. So the overwhelm can really just make us not focused. We are more moody, right? We are snappier at our spouses and our children, right? So having a calmer space just makes us feel better. Like we shouldn't, our home should be a place of um, security, not a place of overwhelm. Totally. And I, I feel like I didn't even realize I do that at my uh, desk at work. If I like go into work and I left it like a mess the day before, I can't start until I kind of like sort it, get all the papers in the right piles, kind of make it make sense again, because it just feels like scattered and yeah, I just can't focus in or zero in on anything until it's kind of done. So that makes sense. 
Um, and there's that whole movement, like the Marie Kondo thing about like right, tidying up the space and all that stuff. And I feel like they talk about a little bit of the psychology and stuff and um, decluttering improves creativity, like productivity, reduces stress and mental clarity. Like all of that makes sense. You know, you're, you are your space, right? So if it's clean and open. Even for our children. So if our children have a toy room that is stogged full of toys, they don't even know what to play with. They have so much to, to play with. They just can't even focus. Children are better when they have, you know, a few of their favorites and they will actually play with those toys. They'll be more creative. They'll build things, right? It's, there's so many studies that show that kids who have, you know, just minimal toys in their space are happier. They're not as overwhelmed and they're not as stressed. I know that. And like we try to sub the toys out, but somehow they just keep accumulating the little cars and the trains and the, just everywhere. And yeah, we're going to have to maybe talk about playrooms because that's that's something that, like you said, it's not just us, it's the kids too, you know, and I want them to be happy, healthy, calm, all the things. So what have you found in your experience do most women struggle with? Like which room is the biggest mess that needs the most work first? Or where do you, is like, is there a certain room that you're like, let's tackle this first. It's a good place to start. The two, I would say there's two. I would say number one is the kitchen because it is the most used, right? Once you get your kitchen cupboards under control, your fridge, your freezer, your pantry, those things under control. And I do have a method that I do with the fridge, freezer, pantry. I recommend people tidy them every single week. Like it is on your in your planner on your phone that you're going to do. And I don't mean take everything out and wash your fridge or empty your pantry. That is not what I'm saying. You need to go in and tidy them every week. Cause then you know, a, what food you have, B what needs to be eaten and C you don't overbuy you, you know, you're deciding what meals you're going to cook that week. You're not going to buy six more or you have six bottles of barbecue sauce in your pantry. You know, you don't need to buy anything. I have like four bushes of cilantro right now. I'm like, every time I go, I buy more. And I'm like, if I had just opened this before I left for the store, right. I would see there's three like rotting right here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I always suggest the kitchen first. It's the most used room in the whole house. Um, everybody uses it, even small children, right? So keeping it maintained really has an effect on your home. And then the second space I always recommend women get to next would be the bedroom because that is the place where you go to relax at the end of the day. If you go in and you have piles of clothes everywhere and you have, you know, piles of papers and whatever all over your room and you go to bed, your brain is in overload because of all of the clutter in your room. So when your closet and your room is in control, it's a more of an oasis, right? You can be like, I can just go in and go to bed, right? There's not so much stuff staring you in the face as you're trying to go to sleep. So do you also recommend like making your bed after you get, yeah, every day. Yeah, I, I try to do that too. It's like hard to look at. I don't even want to get into it. It doesn't seem like pleasant to get into an unmade bed. My husband's right. like, who cares? You're just about to get back in. I'm like, no. I can't, I just can't do it. I, I agree. And I think if you, they all, there's that saying, you know, if you make your bed in the morning, you've accomplished one thing. If you accomplish nothing else, at least you've accomplished making your bed. But I agree. It just, it automatically makes your room feel calmer when your bed is made. Mm-hmm. So I saw on your Instagram, a tip about figuring out what you wear and what you don't wear in the closet with this hanger trick. Yes. Tell I us about that. Hanger. So 
I recommend people every season, at least once a year, take all the hangers in your closet and put them in backwards so that they're not going in straight, they're backwards. And then as you wear clothes and you wash them, hang them properly. And then set a reminder in your phone for six months down the road, whatever hangers have not moved, you have not put on. So those clothing, that clothing has not been worn. So do you need those clothes? Probably not. Yes, if there's like a black cocktail dress that you only wear at Christmas time or whatever, that's different. But like t-shirts and tank tops and we always gravitate towards what we know and what we use. And I do like the um, 80-20 rule, right? We wear 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. We use 20% of our kitchen things, 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. I have like one favorite knife, you know? Yeah. Same with our clothes, right? We always gravitate towards the same pants or the same top or the same skirt, right? We gravitate towards what we feel good in and what we like. Um, So flipping those hangers around and then in six months, it's so much easier to do an edit because you know you didn't wear that stuff. And yeah, maybe you're like, well, it's kind of off season. Maybe I'll wear it in the next season. Well, then set another reminder for six months down the road. Leave the hanger the wrong way. And in six more months, if it hasn't moved, that's been a whole year that that item's taken up valuable real estate in your closet with you not wearing it. So is your rule like if it's been a year, get rid of it? Yes. God, I, I have like all these tops and stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't fit in this right now. Or like, this is going to come back in style, you know, because every all the trends keep coming back around, you know, like this is not cool now, but it was and it will be. But it's it's been years, you know, or like I moved with a box of stuff and the, st- the shirts are still in the box because I'm not going to wear them. So you don't need it. Why did I bring right. them? Yeah. Right. Do you have a, Do you have a tip for a lot of the clothes that I wear? Um, are, and, and this is kind of for my husband too, are like folded, folded shirts in a drawer. Would you recommend the ones that are worn often to be on a hanger? Or is there like a system where you can kind of see what you're wearing and what you're not in the drawers as well? So it depends on what type of person you are. I personally do not like drawers because people pull something out and then you pull out three at the time and you're in a rush and you stog them back in. Drawers get messy very quickly. Um, But if you're the type of person who will just pull one out, then that's fine. But you know what? Again, put the ones you wear frequently when you wash something, put it at the front of the drawer. And then you'll see the ones that you never wear are always at the back of the drawer. And then you just need to be cautious of that. We hang up probably, I would say, 80% of our clothes. Um, We have a decent sized closet, my husband and I. And we have a rule, we have hangers in there. And if we buy stuff and we're out of hangers, we need to get rid of something. So kind of like the one in one out rule. I'm not buying any more hangers. It needs to fit in with what the space that we have. We have small dressers, but they just house like undergarments, um, leggings and like swimsuits kind of stuff. Um, Socks, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But all everything else I hang up, pants, shorts, everything. Okay. That is a good idea. And I, and I'm just thinking of, um, all those times where I feel like I have nothing to wear, but I have a full closet of clothes and I'm like, I have to go shopping. I have nothing to wear. And my husband's like, look at all this, you know, but like, but I don't wear any of it. He's like, well then throw it away. Right. So, right. (laughs) So do you recommend those kind of like hauls and tossing stuff be done? How often? Well, I would recommend starting with the hangers 
flipping all the hangers. And then that's a quick sort, right? So now you've just alleviated probably 20 items out of your closet easily. Um, again, the one in one out rule, you don't have to get rid of stuff every month or every six months if you're not bringing stuff in. But if you're bringing things in, then yes, things need to leave in order to be able to maintain the space so it doesn't become so overwhelming and so full of stuff. I do not recommend emptying your closet. So I know how there's lots of organizers out there that say go in and completely empty the space. But if you're the type that's going to get overwhelmed, when you completely empty it, you're going to get so overwhelmed, you're going to dump it all on the floor and your room's going to be messier than it was when you started. So my rule of thumb is I tell people just take out 10 hangers and do 10 hangers. Okay. I went through these 10 hangers. I tried on a few things. I don't like how it fits. Um, it's too big. It's too small. It just isn't my color, whatever it is. It's going to go in the donate bin and everything else. I'll just hang back up and then I'll do 10 more hangers. I might get through my whole closet that day, but if I can't get through it, then my house, my bedroom isn't a mess until I come back to it. So just doing a small portion a day. I also recommend having a, um, donate bin and put it at the top of your closet. And every time you try something on and you don't like how it fits or it's just not the right thing, you just throw it up in the donate bin. And then when it's full, you dump it in a bag and take it to your local donation center. That's so good. And I'm just like, you know, there is a shirt that I'm, that's like in my head right now that I'm thinking about that I like used to love and I just like can't part with it. But I'm like, why, if I'm not wearing it, like someone else might love it and somebody less fortunate might be able to wear it and really get a lot of use out of it and like have make great memories in it and take it for a ride like I did. You know, what am I holding on to it for? So it's weird how we get like attached to our things. Do you feel, do you see that in business, in your business a lot where like women are like, have like sentimental attachment to the things in their home? All the time. Women are attached to everything and men and children, right? We get attached to our clothes and, you know, photos. Yes, I can see that being an attachment or like special things in our life, but it's just really evaluating. Is it really that important? Do I really you know, do I really need it? I know I worked with a lady not long ago and she had um, like little snow globes that her father had given to her and she had like 12 of them. They were in a box tucked away in a storage room because she didn't really like them. They didn't go with her decor, but her father had passed away and she felt like she couldn't get rid of them because he had given them to her. So we sat down and we really talked about it. And I was like, well, do you need to keep all 12? Like what memories do these items hold? And she's like, well, not really. They don't really hold many memories. It's just that he gave them to me and I feel guilty giving, getting rid of them. And I said, well, if they're sitting in a box somewhere, they're not really serving a purpose, you know, keep one and display it. And then when you look at it, you'll remember him. But if you're not going to display the item, then why are you holding on to it? Because if you pass away tomorrow, your family is going to take that box and take it to Goodwill. Yeah, so right? true. Yeah. It has no memories for them. So really picking the things that remind you of somebody or that hold a special attachment to and displaying those items in your home so that when you walk by it, you can be like, oh, I remember. You know, it brings back the memories. Don't put them in a storage room. Like that. That's such a good tip. Yeah, that's a good one. What about like just maintaining cleanliness in the home throughout the week? Is this like... It, we've ta already talked about, it's not pick the one day and tackle the whole house. What is the system that you've come up with that makes the most sense? 
something that I recommend that women do is one load of laundry a day. Laundry is, I feel like, the biggest chore in our homes, and it makes the biggest mess in our homes, right? If there's dirty clothes and baskets and it's overflowing, a lot of people will do laundry once a week, which is fine if you have a design, like a designated laundry room that's kind of out of the way and lots of storage for the dirty clothes. We do not. So we do a load of laundry every single day. Number one, it keeps the laundry at bay. We don't need as many clothes because we're washing our clothes more frequently. So we're wearing them. So, you know, children don't now need eight or nine pairs of pajamas. They only need three or four because you're washing them frequently. Um, So I recommend doing a load of laundry every single day. I also recommend dividing up your chores. So like Wednesday every week could be vacuum day. That's when you're going to vacuum the house or dividing your house by room. So some people divide it by chores. Like I'm going to do bathrooms. I usually do them twice a week, say on Mondays and Thursdays. And Wednesdays is a vacuum day and Tuesdays is dusting. Depends on the people, what their schedule's like with kids activities and whatnot. But I also recommend that if that's too much for you, just do a room a day right? Divide your house into rooms. So Tuesday, I'm going to dust and vacuum the living room. And then everybody's responsible for their own bedrooms. Even small children can be responsible for their bedrooms. They will need mom or dad's help, I'm sure, to help maintain it. But there's no reason why like a four-year-old can't help you dust their room and vacuum it, right? Giving them that responsibility. But just having having a set plan so that you know on these specific days, I'm going to do that, but not so set in stone that you can't go and enjoy your child's soccer game because you have to vacuum, right? Right. You can move things around too. So have you found it more effective to tackle a whole room or vacuum the whole upstairs one day or just sweep, I mean, not sweep, uh, vacuum and dust and like do all the things to one room and then, and, and separate it like that? personally, I like to do like the bathrooms this day, vacuuming this day, dusting this day. That's how I like to do it. Um, But I do have clients that that just doesn't work for them because of the way their schedule works and their work schedule. And for them, because I'm an entrepreneur and I work primarily inside my home every day, you know, I can throw my load of laundry in in the morning before my kids go out the door to school and I can flip it and all of that stuff. But some people don't have that luxury of being in their home, right? They're out working outside the home. So if that's the case, doing one room might be more effective for them. So it just depends on the person. And then I'm a huge believer that if you can get your house decluttered and you are working full time and have the resources to hire somebody to come in and do the cleaning, even just the floors and the bathrooms and like the baseboards, those things that the windows that we never have time to do then it's okay. Hire them. Get somebody to come in and do that work so that you don't have to, right? Like it's all about balance and finding that balance in our homes. Have you seen that meme? Or I don't know if it's a, it's not a meme. It's like, it's a reel. It's like going around uh, Instagram and TikTok. And I can't, I wish I could, I could have sent it to you before this, but it's basically, it, it's showing a mom who starts washing the dishes and she's like, this is how mom cleans the house. And then she realized the paper towel is missing. So she picks it up and walks into the other room. Then she grabs a couple of toys off the floor. Then she, and you know, and then she ends up doing like one little thing, carrying things all over the house. And that made me think of this other tip that I saw on your Instagram about like when you're cleaning your room, say you're in your kid's room, bring like a basket with you, right? Can you tell us more about that tip? I can. So I call that mom squirrel brain. Yes. 
And I used to have it all the time. I would go into one child's room to do something and then I'd see something. I'd go to another room and I'd be all over the house and it would be, it would be dinner time. And it would look like my house looked like this morning because I did, it looked like I did nothing, but I didn't stop all day. So I recommend a timer. I'm big on timer cleaning. I love using a timer. So take your phone, set a timer for 10 minutes and go in the room and say, I'm not leaving this room until the timer goes off or I'm finished, whichever comes first. So, you know, you go into your child's room and you're tidying it up, you're dusting it. Maybe you're doing a little inventory of the clothes they have, pulling out the stuff, you know, doesn't fit them anymore, kind of making a list of what needs to be purchased for the next season and your timer goes off, you can give yourself the grace to say, okay, I'm done in this room for today because I only have an hour and I've divided up my time amongst a couple different spaces. Or you know what? I have more time today. I'm just going to set another 10 minutes and do it. But you don't leave the room. So if you see a dish, you don't take it to the kitchen because you'll get distracted. You put it by the door. You see laundry that needs to go to the laundry room. You set it by the door. When your timer goes off, you take everything that was by the door and you take it to the appropriate room. And then you go into the next room and set another timer. It's so simple, but it's like life-changing. I feel like after having heard that, I'm like, of course. Like <laughs> I'm going up and down the stairs, down the hall. I don't even remember what I went in there for the, you know, and then I'm doing something totally off, you know, what I was supposed to be doing. And like you said, I have nothing to show for it. It's like now the kids are up from their nap and nothing has been accomplished. Right. And you'll be amazed with just 10 minutes how much you can accomplish in one space that's undisturbed. It's amazing. Like, and a lot of times we think something's going to take a long time. Like I do it to myself. I'll be like, oh, I really, we have a storage room in our basement and it gets crazy because that's our dumping ground, right? Where we put stuff. And I'll often think, oh, I need to go tackle that storage room today. And I'm like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, when I go down and do it, it takes me 15 minutes. So, but I put it off for weeks because I don't want to, because I think it's going to take me a lot longer. It's like emptying the dishwasher in the morning. I always tell moms, empty the dishwasher first thing in the morning. Now you have a clear dishwasher that as your children are eating through the day or you're eating through the day, those dishes can go right in the dishwasher. So then after dinner, you can run the load and your kitchen is now clean. It takes three minutes to unload a dishwasher. And I always challenge people, time yourself. It really, by the time your coffee percolates, dishwasher is empty. So pairing different tasks together really helps as well. That's such a good one. And I feel like we've started implementing that and it's made a big difference. And like you said, while the coffee is going, uh, it's unloaded. And then starting with breakfast and their whole day, we're just putting it into an open dishwasher instead of letting anything pile up in the sink. It really, it's a game changer. Any other little habits you can suggest to like maintain the room throughout the day or certain rooms? Um, I think just making sure you're tidying kind of as you go and having at the end of the day, you know, and this is great for getting kids involved, have a little 15 minute tidy, go through your home and put things in their home. So once you've decluttered and organized your whole home, the purpose of doing that is to give all your things a home, a place where they belong, right? So everything should have a place where it belongs. So that to do a 15-minute tidy at the end of the day is quick. It's easy, right? The toys go in the basket. The, you know, the blanket goes here. That like it's so much easier to do when everything in your home has a home. And then my other little tip I wanted to say is for children, involve them at a young age of letting go of things. Because if we 
we as adults are attached to things. If we teach our children to be super attached to everything they own, then it just perpetuates a cycle of so much stuff in their lives, right? So having them involved in the decision-making, you know, they are in kindergarten and they bring home a stack of papers, an inch and a half thick that they did in art class, right? Sit down with them and say, okay, we're going to display two of these in our art board or whatever, or put them in your scrapbook or however you store their, their little keepsakes, but we're only going to keep two. So I want you to help me to decide which two we're going to keep. And then we're going to throw the rest in the garbage, in the trash can. <laughs> and get them out of here, right? So they learn quickly that to keep things that are important to them, but that they can let the rest go and that that's fine. That is such a good tip. It's, and, and especially at a young age. What about with toys and stuff? Are, have you seen kids? Yeah. Same thing. Like I know a lot of parents will go in and they'll declutter their kids' toys when they're not home because they won't miss them and they give them away. And yes, that's good, especially if you have a lot of stuff. But I also recommend getting your kids involved in the process. Like we have this bin. This is for your trucks. When it gets too full, we need to take some away. So we have, you got five new trucks at Christmas time. So they won't fit in this bin. So we need to decide what ones you're going to release so that we can fit them in this specific bin that's for the trucks. And you'd be surprised how kids can be like, yeah, I don't play with these ones because I want to keep these ones. Right. Especially if you start with them young, if you wait until they're older, it could be more difficult, but I would start now just slow process. Right. Or we always do a big declutter when my kids were little, we would do one in November and it would be like, okay, you know, let's go through our toys. You're going to be getting new stuff at Christmas time. Let's go through it. Let's decide what we want to get rid of. You know, some kids, you know, don't get new toys at Christmas. So let's donate some so that, you know, there, they can have toys too at Christmas time. Oh, that's and you'd so be surprised sweet. How big a heart kids have when they think, when they know that their toys are going to go to somebody who doesn't get toys. That's so, really sweet. That's such a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to start that with my kids this year. That's really, yeah. that's, I love that. One thing that I wanted to make sure I asked you before we wrapped up is you had a, recently, I think you did some sort of a, like a group with new moms about how to transition when the babies are growing out of certain clothes to get the next group of clothes in and get those old clothes out. Oh my God, am I dealing with this? I feel like they're growing like weeds and it's like you're on one bin and then the next one you got to, I just, how do you, how do you do it? So I always suggest organizing them in the closet or the drawers by size. So that your smaller sizes are on one side and they go to the larger sizes because we know that every clothing company makes clothes differently. So what might fit them in this size doesn't fit them to like a bigger size. So organizing them by size. Um, I also recommend keeping good quality clothes. So if, you know, if you start to notice things that are falling apart and you have another child to don't like to give it to, just be very cautious about what you're keeping for hand-me-downs for your kids. Um, but also evaluate your clothes every three months for your kids because they grow fast. So have them organized by size and then periodically go through them and have a donate bin in their closet as well. So when you pull something off and they try it on and it's too small, it goes right in that donate bin. Or if you have another child that's younger and you want to give it to them, have two bins, have a keep bin and a donate bin. So they tried it on, it was too small. Oh, but my next child will be able to wear this. Put it in the keep bin so that 
you know, it goes to your next child. Or if you, you know, oh, they wore it. It's a little too small. It's got a stain or it's, or it's just, it doesn't, it didn't keep well, right? Some clothes as we wash them, they wear out, throw it in that donate bin, right? And then once it's full, you dump it in a bag and you take it to your local donation center. Do you have a system to then keep all the, how do you make it make sense when the older one is passing down to the younger one? So I've got two boys and they're about a year and a half apart, right? So they're one size, maybe two sizes behind. So like one's in 3T and one's in 18 months. How do I, what's the best way to, because right now I've got like a bin for like 12 to 18. I've got like a bin for 18 to 24 and I'm trying to like throw it in the right bin and they're all starting to mix. And it is, is there a better way? So I would start with having that keep bin in the closet. So as your older son tries things on and they don't fit, you throw them in the keep bin. And then have clear containers in your storage room that are by size. And then you take that bin, that bin every month, every couple of weeks, depends on how fast your child is growing out of his clothes, right? When it starts to get full, take it down with you to your storage area and look at the size and then just throw them in the bins. That's the easiest way to do it. The nice thing is, is as kids grow, they get less clothes. So they'll need less as they get older. So it does get a little bit easier, but I know that like newborn to about like four or five is there's a lot of clothes going in and out. Also, if your kids are off season of each other, as they get older, Mm -hmm. the hand-me-downs will become a little bit harder to, to pass on. What other tips or systems or tricks can you share with us? That we haven't already chatted about because I feel like we've got a ton. Um, I would just, I wanted to say about toys as well. Like I know we talked a little bit about toys. Toy rotation works really well. If you have the room to take half the toys, put them in a bin, tuck them away in a storage room and switch them out periodically. Works really, really well. If you don't have a toy room, because a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to have a separate space for toys and the toys are in their kids' rooms and they, they seem to be all over the place. Utilize the under the bed storage. You can buy like roller bins. And what I did with my children, when my kids were young, we did not have a toy room. So under their beds, there would be like one with Lego and there'd be one with like Thomas the train and one with other toys. And they would just roll right under their bin, under their bed. And when they wanted to play with them, they would roll them out into the living room. They would play with them. And then it was easy just to throw them all back in the bin, roll them back under their bed. Super simple to keep it all contained. And then the other thing I find a lot of families deal with is the influx that comes into their home with toys. So less is really more, right? They're more creative when they don't have as many toys. And a lot of it comes from family members buying our kids excessive toys. So one of the things that we did is when my oldest was young, we were like, hey, you can buy as many books and as much clothes as you want. Like, I don't care if you want to buy them a whole new wardrobe, go for it but one toy at Christmas, because if each grandparent's buying a toy and maybe there's a couple aunts and uncles buying a toy and then, you know, Santa's bringing a toy and mom and dad are buying, like it adds up, right? So if you can really talk to the people that you're close to and say, hey, I know you want to spoil my children and I love that. However, books and clothes are welcome. One toy. And if you want to buy more toys, those extra toys can just stay at your house for them to play with there. That's a good idea. Yeah. You keep it at your house, grandma. Like I don't need any more of that (laughs) over here. Another thing that actually a neighbor did for a birthday party was they put on the invitation, 
you know, if you're having like your kid's birthday party, I thought this was so smart for friends that were invited. It said, you know, friends, no gifts, only family is bringing gifts. If you feel so inclined, you can donate to our like Disney fund, which, you know, we're going yeah. in like a couple of years. So that way yeah. it's like, you're, you know, cause sometimes, you know, my girlfriend had a no, no toy um, rule for her, let her kid's birthday. And I just, I couldn't in good faith show up empty handed to a kid's birthday party. It just felt wrong. You know what I mean? So to give them the option of maybe don't like some money or something. It's really nice too to do um, like pick an, an organization like um, the SPCA or something, you know, um, some sort of charity and say, hey, we're doing no gifts this year because, you know, mom and dad are already going to buy them a gift. The party is a big gift, right? Because they're expensive these days. We're, and we don't need, you know, 20 kids are coming. We don't need 20 more toys that parents didn't even know what to buy them. So they just bought whatever they could find at the local Walmart or Target, right? So um, no gifts, but you can donate to this cause in their name, right? We did that one year. My son had a check for a couple hundred dollars that he was able to take and deliver to the to the SPCA in our area. And it was wonderful. The other thing that I always tell parents that you do not need to do treat bags for every kid that's coming to the party. <laughs> You do not like the little yo-yo and the, from all the dollar store crap, you know, how many I throw out in the run of a year in people's homes, like bags of these treat bags. And I'm like, this is such a waste of money. The only thing I would ever recommend now in, after seeing all the things that I've thrown away in people's homes is something that's consumable. Like a cookie that, you know, they colored on or something that they can then eat and it doesn't make a mess or like a bath bomb or something that is going to leave your house pretty quickly. Something that they either ingest or it, you know, whatever. But yeah, you do not have to do treat bags. And I am sure nobody would give the parents grief if their kids left without a treat bag. No, that is so funny and so true. Like, I don't need another bouncy ball and like a sticky lizard whose feet are going to stick to the carpet. (laughs) Oh, so good. This was so awesome, Tracy. I I feel like we got a lot of great takeaways in this episode. I'm excited to implement them. So thank you so much. Tracy, how can the listeners connect with you if they want to work with you directly? I do. I have an eight-week... Um, It's called Impact Coaching, where I work with moms to set up routines in their home, to declutter their house. We work through all different things, learning to let go, creating meal plans, time management, paper clutter, you name it, we work on it all. Um, So they can reach me through my website. It's www.calmthechaosorganizing.com, or I'm on Instagram or Facebook at Calm the Chaos Organizing. or yeah, or they can email me if they want to as well. That's on my website. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.